As we trust wholly in the Spirit's work of our understanding of Scripture and the preaching of the Word, let us do so by our prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Old Testament reading is coming from the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overcome, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. salvation I will sing of your salvation in you O Lord I take refuge let me never be put to shame in your justice rescue me free me Pay heed to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be a rock where I can take refuge, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold, Free me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. 
It is you, O Lord, who are my hope, my trust, O Lord, since my youth. On you I have leaned from my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my help. I will sing of your salvation. My lips will tell of your justice and day by day of your help. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth and I proclaim your wonder still. I will sing of your salvation. Good morning. Our New Testament reading is Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord God Almighty and Everlasting Father, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. 
This week, we pick up where Pastor Calvin left off last week in his sermon entitled, Empowered by the Spirit. Jesus was reading Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus intentionally stopped reading after the first half of the second verse. He did not continue to the end of verse two because the day of vengeance of our God was not at hand. Instead, Jesus stopped reading the scripture, rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and took his seat. It was customary in that time to stand for the reading of scripture and to sit while teaching. With all eyes fixed on him, Jesus began to teach with the statement, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Those gathered in the synagogue were amazed at his gracious words. In fact, so amazed that the people gathered began to wonder and question, isn't this Joseph's, the carpenter's son? Isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? Isn't this the little boy, now grown up, who we used to see playing in the streets of our neighborhood? Brothers and sisters, what's wrong here? What's the problem with Jesus, the grown-up man, who is now in his hometown among his people speaking so graciously? What's wrong with this picture? I'll let you ponder those questions as I move on to verse 23, where Jesus discerned the amazement of the people assembled and said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did in Capernaum. Where is all this negativity coming from? Why? is Jesus coming at them in this manner. He just read the scripture so eloquently and all eyes were fixed on him and they were amazed at his gracious words. Why then is Jesus speaking so harshly to them? Is Jesus anxious or even paranoid that the assembly may ask him to perform some healing or other miraculous acts? What's wrong with Jesus? Did he wake up on the wrong side of the bed? As if Jesus' previous statements were not enough, Jesus continued in the following verse and said, Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. This is repeated in other Gospels, in Matthew 13 and 57, in Mark 6 and 4, and in John 4 and 44. The Gospels are in agreement that, not, that no prophet 
is accepted in the prophet's hometown, yet with a slight difference that Mark and Matthew use the plural form, prophets, while Luke and John use the singular form. Jesus continues in verses 25 and following, but the truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow in Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Whoa, Houston, we have a problem. As a matter of fact, I imagine the people gathered in the synagogue had more than one problem with what Jesus said. First, first of all, Jesus, the hometown boy from Nazareth, claiming to be the fulfillment, claiming to have some type of God-given authority, imagine for a second, if you will, that you are among the members of the synagogue where Jesus appears to be saying all of these outlandish things. Imagine you, yourself. Remember Jesus growing up in the neighborhood and now you see him and hear him say he is the fulfillment of what is written in the old scripture. You just might think, now wait a minute Jesus, Another problem is the context of the people in the synagogue who were listening to Jesus. The vast majority of the people gathered are God's chosen people, people who know the depths of oppression under Roman rule, people who know what it meant to be poor and suffering, a people in need of a long-awaited Messiah. Now here is Jesus, the hometown boy, speaking about their God, who has come not to save the widows or lepers of their people, but of the people of the Gentile community. What a slap in the face for the people who have waited so long for a savior to fight their battles, to make right the wrongs, provide social justice so that God's people might prevail. I can only imagine the people gathered on that day in the synagogue with Jesus were enraged, brewing with anger at Jesus' words, so angry that they wanted to take him to the top of the hill and throw him off the cliff. Brothers and sisters, God's blessings are for all people who are open to receiving them. Jesus' preaching was amazing because he spoke the truth, God's truth. He spoke with eloquence, with confidence, an authority that comes from years of prayerfully studying the scripture. You recall at age 12 when Jesus went missing after the festival of the Passover. 
and his parents were wrought with fear and anxiety, only to find him in the temple with the teachers listening and asking questions. His response to his parents was, did you not know I had to be in my father's house? Yes. After many years of preparation, Jesus amazed the people gathered in the synagogue because he graciously spoke the message from God. Jesus proclaimed the, the fulfillment of God's promise and plan as himself. God put the spirit upon Jesus and anointed him to bring the good news to free the oppressed, bind up the brokenhearted, liberate the captives, and free the prisoners. But Jesus' hometown people could not see beyond themselves. They were too narrow in their thinking. They were only thinking of themselves in their own condition. They were selfishly thinking God's plan was only for them. Jesus came to tell the good news message is for all people, not just the Israelites. He warned the townspeople in verses 25 through 27 when he spoke about a season during the times of the prophets Elijah and Elisha, when there was widespread unfaithfulness to God and judgment came in the forms of famine and disease. Jesus warned his listeners not to be unfaithful like their ancestors by rejecting his message. God rescued the non-Jewish widow and healed the leper, a commander of the enemy's army. For the past few years, we have been in this pandemic. Some of us have been directly or indirectly affected by COVID-19. We are weary of hearing about COVID in the news, on our jobs, in the schools, and even in our churches. Many of us are fed up with wearing masks, but God is omniscient. God knows how we feel and sees what we are going through. And like the people in the synagogue during Jesus' time, God has a message of hope for all of us through Jesus Christ. We know how this passage in Luke ends. Jesus was rejected in his hometown. He was not only rejected, but driven up to the top of a hill by his people, with the intention to throw him off the cliff to his death. But thanks be to God, Jesus passed through the crowd and went on his way. Those gathered in a synagogue in Nazareth were so committed to their community and their needs that they did not receive the joy that God sent a prophet among them, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, will you receive Jesus Christ, God's blessing to us all? When we receive the joy of Jesus Christ, 
We open ourselves to receive many blessings God has in store for us. This passage is important for us today because it is the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he announces himself as the long-awaited Messiah. Jesus is the one the Israelites have been waiting for for their deliverance. But the passage tells us he is much more than a Messiah for the nation of Israel. Jesus is God's promise of liberation for all of the poor and oppressed, regardless of nationality, gender, or race. This passage of Luke reminds us that the triune God intends to bless all of God's good creations, every kind of people. That means we cannot rest on the fact that we are good Christians. We cannot act like Jesus' hometown people feeling a sense of special privilege because we know Jesus. What we need to do is receive God's grace and love through Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? Sure, we come to church every week. We give offerings of time, money, and our talents in the various ministries of the church. That's all fine and good. But when we pray, do we pray with a forgiving heart or do we pray with a heart that seeks vengeance? Do we have a spirit of, well, I've done my Christian duty. Someone else can struggle with the rest of it. Or do we pitch in and are we resourceful within our own means to go the extra mile to help others? There is more to receiving the good news of Jesus Christ than attending worship and giving a few handouts. Receiving Christ means living like Christ and living the Christian life is hard work. Not only do we have to be the hands and feet of Christ, but we have to have a heart and spirit that reflects the grace and love of God to others. Receiving Christ means being open to the idea of sharing with others the overflowing blessings that God has for us. Luke 4, chap, uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30 challenges us to expect the unexpected when it comes to God's blessings. The people assembled in the synagogue in Nazareth did not anticipate God sending the Messiah in the person of Jesus Christ, nor did they anticipate Jesus' message of liberation for the poor and oppressed to be extended to the Gentiles. Because they rejected Jesus and his message, they missed out on their blessings. God blesses everyone. When we receive Jesus, we can anticipate extraordinary blessings. When I was young in my faith, I was always amazed at how some people who experienced great tragedy had the greatest spirit of forgiveness. 
I once heard on the news how a woman forgave the man who murdered her loved one. She said God would want her to forgive him. At that time in my life, I didn't understand that level of forgiveness. Today, I understand anything is possible when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30 mark the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He had prepared all of his life, spending time with the teachers, studying the scriptures, and praying. Jesus has the anointing of God the Father. Jesus announced himself as the fulfillment of the scripture and set the themes that continued throughout his ministry. He came for all, the oppressed, the poor, the brokenhearted, and the imprisoned, regardless of nationality, race, and gender. Brothers and sisters, the good news today is Jesus preached God's blessing for all people. Amen.